This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big Eight Tournament Champion. And Hokie Homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. You're listening to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket. My name is Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA veteran. The number is 402-464-5685. We want to hear from you. Sutter Heyman text line, Honda of Lincoln Hotline. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can interact with us on all those platforms. And my only request to you, if you head over to YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe. According to Strick, our new number is 3,000. So we're going for 3,000 sub- subscribers. That's we're shooting for three. Help us out. Help us out. We appreciate you guys as always. Keep interacting with us on all of those platforms as well. We're going to jump into enemy territory here for this segment because we need to learn a little bit about our opponent and no better person to join us than Joey Helmer with 24-7 Sports Oklahoma. Joey, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing well this afternoon. Uh, you know, it's it, this is good for both of us because I'm trying to figure out what's been going on in Nebraska up there. So maybe you guys can shed some light on that for me as well. Well, I, I tell you what, if there was ever a game that we don't really know what to expect, it's probably this game against Oklahoma. Uh, jumping in with Mickey Joseph, he's going to be the interim head coach. Scott Frost officially let go, coming off a, a, a very tough loss against Georgia Southern, kind of the nail in the coffin there. Uh, but but that's why we come to you. Again, Joey Helmer, uh, Oklahoma 24-7 uh, reporter. What really are we going to expect from Oklahoma? Because Nebraska is not the only team that looks a little bit different. I mean, this is going to be very different for Nebraska because they just got rid of their head coach they had at the beginning of the season. But you guys dealing with the new coach over there, new quarterback as well, what are kind of your biggest takeaways from the first two games of the season? Yeah, this is a very different Oklahoma team. And um, what they've been able to do defensively, specifically, uh, they're in the top ten right now. Uh, They've played, obviously, UTEP and Kent State. Um, who people probably don't regard that highly, but I, I was actually impressed with those two clubs and some of the things that they were able to do offensively. They had a really mobile quarterback, Kent State did last weekend. So to have allowed a combined 16 points in the first few games, and uh, they they tallied a, a number of, uh, I think right now they lead the country in tackles for losses. So, Oklahoma's been doing it defensively. That's music to the ears of people around here. So it's been a bit different, uh, what we've seen on that side of the ball. And then for Oklahoma, they have had their issues a bit offensively uh, on the line at times. Uh, The first half of that game, they really didn't get going until the last possession of uh, the first half and scored and then exploded in the third quarter. But they had some issues in protection the first game and then uh, weren't really able to establish the run early on the other night. So there's been some issues there, but uh, I expect this unit to get a lot better. Uh, Oklahoma offensively, Dylan Gabriel obviously is a veteran in Jeff Levy's Mm -hmm. offense. 
So um, that unit figures to get better as the season goes on, but it hasn't gone without um, their uh, fair share of some things to, to get better at so far. Joey Helmer, Oklahoma 24-7 joining us right now. Joey, I want to dive into the, the defense that you mentioned there a little bit. Definitely not what people are, are used to when it comes to Oklahoma. Would you say that's more the Venables effect, or would you say that's more just kind of the guys that you've brought into the building to restructure that defense? It's both. It's <laughs> You talk about the guys up front. Reggie Grimes has really – um, it exploded this first couple games yeah. uh, under the direction of Miguel Chavis and then a Todd Bates with the guys inside there at tackle. And, um, you, you look across the board with what Ted Roof is doing. This is the Brent Venable system. And so it has not taken long for uh, these players to uh, adapt to it. And uh, really, I think they had a number of players on campus already that were perfect for this defense. Um, you, you know, talk about uh, Danny Stutzman, a linebacker who was just absolutely all over the field the other night. And uh, I think he's a guy that uh, legitimately could be in a conversation for the Buckus uh, next year. I, I just think he's that good. Uh, this guy is next level elite. Brent Venables, prototypical linebacker. Jaron Kanick um, is a, a true freshman that is only going to get better. So you mix new guys that you've got into the system along with some of the other guys that have been here. And then you get to the back end with what Brandon Hall and Jay Belay are doing with uh, their players respectively at safety and cornerback and uh, Oklahoma just at all three levels of the defense just feels like they're different right now. Joey Helmer, Eric Strickland here. Thanks for joining us with Oklahoma 24-7. Um, one of the things is having such turnover, right? This is going to be really your first big test against a Power 5 school. And uh, what is the expectation, you know, coming out of those, you, you know, you can never really overlook a game, but 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 it's going to change. The atmosphere is going to be different. The intensity is going to be different. There's a lot of different things that you're going to see uh, that's different from playing at Kent State and, and, and um, uh, you know, the teams that you, you just recently played. Um, how do you feel about that as far as what the expectations are for not only this game, the non-con, but going into the big – uh, the Big 12 season, like how do you really feel confidently about that team? This is just such a fascinating matchup on so many levels. You see, obviously, you guys see firsthand what's gone on with Nebraska. and uh, I think that that's going to bring out an inspired football team this weekend. I just I, – I really do. I think Nebraska is absolutely going to be ready for this game. You've seen that the line drop from 16 to now I think it's 10 and a half. Yeah. So, uh, it feels like the betting public kind of is feeling that way as well. In Oklahoma, uh, I can tell you from being first and close around those guys, uh, both the coaches and the players this last couple of days, they're certainly not walking into this game thinking it's going to be easy by any means, regardless of uh, what's happened and kind of the, the, the disastrous start. I think that's a fair way to put it for what's yeah. gone on in Lincoln. But uh, they're not overlooking – this game at all and this is a long time rivalry I mean there's so much history and tradition between these two programs and it was really refreshing I'll be honest after covering the previous regime I think that got lost at times how much um, just the appreciation of 
uh, Oklahoma in, in Nebraska and the, the tradition-rich aspect of things. Brent Venables understands this to, to its key. Right. Uh, he played at Kansas State, obviously, against Nebraska in those glory years in the mm-hmm. 90s and um, also coached uh, in the 2000s against Nebraska. So knows what this rivalry means, what the Nebraska fan base will uh, be showing up. They'll be loud this weekend, and those players are going to be inspired. So uh, Oklahoma is coming in with that mindset that they're going to have <laughs> the best shot from Nebraska that's possible. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Joey Helmer, Oklahoma 24-7. We've got an interim head coach who knows Oklahoma very well, too, and Mickey Joseph. I'll just leave it at that. I think you know the rest of that story. Um, I want to ask you about the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, You mentioned Dylan Gabriel. A lot of changes over there on the offense. Um, We're kind of used to the high-flying Oklahoma offense, Heisman Trophy winners leading the nation in, in points. Is it looking a little bit different this year, or do you think it's one of those situations they just kind of need to get into their groove? I don't. I, I do think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the second part there because I just don't feel like they've got truly got going yet. Okay. Um, it, it's taken a minute maybe to, for this unit to gel. I mentioned the offensive line having its fair share of struggles, and then it should be noted that uh, there's times it hasn't been on the offensive line when Dylan Gabriel's gotten sacked and uh, he simply should have get, gotten rid of that football. So, um, yeah, it, it just hasn't come together, and I think this is a unit that could be really, really good. Jeff Levy is one of the best offensive minds in college football, and uh, they they want to run fast. They, they want to get to the line of scrimmage and snap the football um, as quickly as they can and keep defenses off balance, and so – um, obviously, you, you got to get that first first down, or you're not able to do that. Uh, that's been an issue for Oklahoma at times. So, I, I expect them to get going, and once they do, I mean, there's plenty of playmakers for Gabriel to spread the ball around to, and obviously lean on that running game if they can get to push up front. So, yeah, they we'll, we'll see if they're able to get going this weekend and as the season goes on. But I, I would expect that they're going to here at some point. Joey Helmer, Oklahoma 24-7, joining us right now. Joey, there's a game that we like to play a lot here, and it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, you might not have as much ugly there over in Oklahoma because you guys start out 2-0. and uh, Nebraska obviously falling to 1-2. and What would you say, if you had to interpret this season so far, is the good and the bad, and then if there is an ugly for Oklahoma early on in this season? Well, I think I've addressed some of it, perhaps, but the good to me is, what they're doing defensively. I mean, it's they, they're playing with a level of aggression right now that is quite frankly different than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a for instance. When you look at some of the recent past Oklahoma games, uh, specifically on that side of the ball, there's been times when it's been one guy trying to tackle and wrap, you know wrap up a guy, and they've had poor form, and they there's been missed tackles. And this year, where it's really been different is Oklahoma is gang tackling. They're they're getting multiple guys around the wall carrier, and you know that's in the backfield. That that's not in the backfield. It's everywhere. They're gang tackling, and so that to me is the good. The bad I mentioned. Uh, that offensive line, the bad and the ugly kind of goes together. Uh, <laughs> um, I think, you know, the bad, not being able to get into everything that they've wanted to offensively. I don't think they've used all the, 
the playmakers uh, that they've wanted to. And the ugly, um, there's three and outs as a result of not getting that push up front, not protecting at times like they've needed to. So if I'm to nitpick and critique a little bit, that would be what it is. What's been kind of the overall I, – I, what has the fan base felt like? Because I feel like – yeah, at least from what I look at, the fan base obviously got really comfortable with Lincoln Riley. He was established. He was your guy. This is just, it, it seems like a completely different coach. I mean, you bring in the defensive-minded guy. I'm not sure if that was entirely an SEC hire or, or whatever have you. It seems like the entire team, from what I'm hearing from you, is kind of flipping. Like, we're looking at a defensive team, maybe not as offensive-minded, might take a little bit more time to grow into that. Has the fan base kind of gotten okay with that like what is kind of the sentiment around Norman right now they're loving what they're seeing on the defensive side of the ball I think it's been there's no other way really to put it than Oklahoma's just been porous defensively for a decade now and so uh, there's other words that you could use that would be a little bit more I know graphic, what you mean. I guess, if you will, and uh, would be totally fair, but OU has been atrocious at times defensively uh, over this last 10 years or so, and um, they have not been that the, the first couple of games, and uh, we'll see if this continues. I'm willing to say that uh, they're going to have a really good defensive club, and um, I, I think the, the mind there, I, I don't know if it's I think there's a chip on the shoulder of the offense right now because a lot of people do have this feel that they've taken the step back mm-hmm. without Lincoln Riley. And um, I just do not feel that's the case. I think they're really going to get going and they're going to, they're going to put up points, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing where they're not uh, coming together just yet. And so when do you get the overall feel of the fan base? They're, they're very pleased with what they've seen defensively and, uh, obviously want to see more offensively. And I can tell you, it didn't take long for the overreaction of the Oklahoma fan base to hit because when it was 3 nothing against Kent State late in that first half uh-huh. the other night, and there were people questioning, is Oklahoma going to lose five or six games here? And um, I just don't see that being <laughs> the uh-huh. likelihood this year. But uh, there was already some of that kind of reaction. So, uh, the, the fan base is in full swing already here. Well, speaking about that real quick, and I, this is this will be my last question. Um, Texas got off to a really good start. Unfortunate situation with Quinn Ewers, and, but they played a wonderful game against Alabama. You guys are going to be moving to the SEC. How do you view this transition, this team getting itself together uh, before you cross over and go into the SEC, uh, where, where where do you see the level of this football this team uh, in comparison to others in the SEC at this point? Well, the biggest question mark I had for Oklahoma was physicality. Uh, I think to play in that league and also to play in the Big Ten, you, you have to play a very, very physical brand right. of football that, right. honestly, Oklahoma – wasn't really playing with uh, under Lincoln Riley. And uh, I think Venables and his new staff, it should be pointed out, Jerry Schmidt in in the weight room department has transformed a number of guys. And so uh, that to me is where the the biggest change is. You have to be physically ready to, you know, mash in those trenches with the guys on a week-to-week basis in the Mm -hmm. SEC. Um, I, I love the Big 12. I've covered it for a number of years, obviously, but 
there's a time when you have one week where it's a very physical test and the next week it lightens up a little bit. doesn't do that in the SEC. And so uh, that is the, the change for Oklahoma. And, uh, one area where I feel they're, they're getting fully equipped for that right now uh, based on what uh, the physicality of Bulls is bringing and also in that strength uh, in weight room with Schmidt. Joey Helmer, Oklahoma 24-7. Joey, we won't keep you around too much longer, but I want to make sure Nebraska fans know we know that Dylan Gabriel, uh, the big transfer from UCF, one of the top ones in the portal. Who, If you're a Nebraska fan and you don't know too much about Oklahoma, who are the guys that you really want to look for on the field when it comes Saturday that are going to be playmakers on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at Marvin Mims, who okay. uh, last year wasn't utilized enough. Um, he has the potential to absolutely explode on defenses. He really got Oklahoma going the other night with his touchdown, I mentioned late in the first half. Uh, that that got Oklahoma moving, and so uh, he's a big-time playmaker. You look in the, in the backfield, um, Eric Gray, Marcus Major finally seems to be um, kind of putting it together. Uh, it's taken a while for him to get his career on track here, and uh, he's been good this first couple weeks. So those are some of the guys. And then um, I mentioned Reggie Grimes, Danny Stutzman. Uh, I mentioned him as well. Uh, terrific uh, guys that can – uh, get after the quarterback, get in the backfield, and, and be disruptive. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma has a number of playmakers on both sides of the ball. But, uh, yeah, those are a handful. Uh, handful. Ethan Downs, uh, defensive lineman as well. So, um, Jeffrey Johnson's a, a transfer from Tulane that's had a good start. Um, yeah, those are a few of them. Uh, <laughs> there, uh, there, there are quite a few of them, though. Well, Joey, the only thing out of this conversation that really was music to my ears is the offensive line hasn't played too well. Our defensive line really needs something to build off of. So hopefully, unfortunately for you, I really do hope that that happens for Nebraska this upcoming weekend. Are you going to make the trip over to Lincoln? Will you be here uh, here in the next couple days? Guys, I am. Okay. And uh, I, I will be staying in Omaha uh, okay. on Friday night there. So. Very familiar with uh, the territory. Came there a lot growing up to the the College World Series, and actually, I got the first chance to, to cover the uh, College World Series at the the new ballpark. I say new ballpark, but it's been there for right. a decade now. But <laughs> that was fun getting to to see Oklahoma in the park this summer. So yeah, I'll be making the trip up. Well, I, I must say, as a Virginia Tech alum, Oklahoma broke my heart. So on that note, we will unfortunately let you go, Joey. But we appreciate you, man. Uh, we wish you the best. We do hope that we come out with a win, though. You be good. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. All right, Joey. We appreciate him. Joey Helmer from Oklahoma 24-7. Got some good insight. Good um, I, I think a big part of it, Strick, that, that makes me feel a little bit better is that it sounds like they're having some offensive some line, line issues line as problems. well that, that Nebraska has had. Uh, and it just sounds like, to me, it's a completely different Oklahoma team. Because yeah. like, usually we're talking yeah. about Oklahoma just getting gashed on defense, and then offensively they just put up more points Running than anybody. anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and it just sounds like it might be a little bit of a different situation this year. So it, it'll definitely be interesting to see it play out. But I think Nebraska, I mean, they got a puncher's chance. I'll tell you right now, they got a puncher's chance. That is for sure. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of basketball talk. We're not done with this conversation yet. The guys from old school, they'll join us here at the bottom of the hour. But Nebraska's in-conference basketball schedule released. Who better to talk about it? Who better to give us insight than the Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer?
We got all that coming up next on The Block, 93.7 The Ticket.